So before Lauren comes up, uh, he's going to be uh, giving us a message on 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. And um, so in reading, I read from the New King, uh, New King James Version. And um, so he's going to be expounding upon this, these, these verses here. I'm going to do a quick reading here. It says, uh, likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating uh, uh, the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of, of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Satan obeyed, no, even as Sarah without my glasses, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not uh, afraid with any amazement. So, Lauren, we'll turn it over to you. Thanks, Bob. So Denise asked me this week what I was going to be preaching on. And, uh, and when I told her that it was going to be from 1 Peter 3 on husbands and wives, her response was, what? Again? Aren't there any other verses in the Bible? <laughs> and, and I understand that because over the last little while, we have come across this same theme time and again, right? We were just in, in Timothy and, and it talked about relationships between husbands and wives. Prior to that, we were in Colossians, which talks about the relationships between husbands and wives. We've seen this in our study uh, further back in Corinthians, in, in uh, the messages that, that Jesus gave on the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's, it seems to be coming up again and again. And, and there's a reason for that. That's because family is very important in the life of a follower of Jesus. It, it, in, in God's mandate that He has created humanity for, family plays a significant role. In order for us to be able to carry out that calling that God gave on humanity to, uh, to be fruitful, to fill the earth, and to subdue it. Family plays one of the biggest parts in being able to carry that out. Uh, not only do studies show that when a husband and wife come together, that that's the best way to create children and, and bring children into this world. <laughs> um, but also, in order for us to be able to subdue 
the earth. In order for us to be able to lead all of creation into worship of God, of raising those children to play their part in carrying on that mandate to be healthy adults, the best place for that to happen is within the family. And, and beyond just what Scripture says, we see studies uh, of families that, that again and again confirm that, that for kids to, to have the best opportunity to thrive, that happens within the family unit with their biological father and mother, in, in a, a loving family that, that is committed to one another, that cares and supports one another, that's the best place for kids to grow up to be healthy adults, to carry on that mandate of creating healthy families and, and bringing this earth into worship and praise of our God. So it is, it's not surprising that all of Scripture, Old and New Testament, has much to say about the, the way that we as families interact with one another. Um, I think it's important as well because family is one of the, the, the visible pictures, the, the models that we see here on earth of the character and the nature of a triune God. A God that has existed for all of eternity, past and present and future, in community. In a loving relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and, and family helps us understand God. The, the way that, that God has, has established the family here on earth gives us that picture of how God interacts in that triune community. Not only that, but, but time and again, one of the, the, the favorite um, metaphors that God uses to describe His relationship with His people here on earth is within family. I talk about God as the bridegroom. And the, white, and the church and His people as His bride. Both, again, Old Testament and New Testament, that, that, that theme continues on and is consistent through all. And, and with that being said, it's not surprising that Satan wants to do whatever he can to try and rob us of that picture of that model and example of who God is and how God relates to His people. It's not surprising that our own sinfulness pushes against some of those standards, some of those guidelines that God has given us because our own sinfulness reminds us that, or, or, or tries to rebel against the character of God and tries to erase that. And so seeing that in our world, that as our world tries more and more to redefine and, and, and reframe what family is, it becomes less and less like God has uh, presented for us here in Scripture. And so it's, 
it's important for us to remind ourselves to, to focus on what the Bible has to say about how families interact together. And then for us to be able to look to the Holy Spirit to help us live that out. That being said, I know that there are different ways that people approach these passages. And, and I, I welcome going even further. I would say I need your correction. If you see in, in, in my presentation of how I understand these passages is wrong, is, is misguided, I need you to be able to come and share that with me and, and, and for us to be able to talk through those so that we can together come to a better understanding of what God is trying to teach here. That, that part of why we are in the body of Christ. We need one another to sharpen, to, uh, to uh, uh, correct, to challenge one another. And so I, I totally welcome that. The thing that I, I can't accept is for us to look at these passages and say, well, actually, Peter was wrong. Or Paul got this mixed up, and, and, and he, was, he was responding to a cultural context that doesn't fit us today, and so we don't need to really look at those passages in that way. I, I can't accept that. I think it's important for us to understand the cultural context in which Peter and Paul are writing uh, to the, the circumstances and the situations that, that are there. But I don't think human nature has changed all that much. And the struggles that he was addressing, the principles that he was uh, giving to us there back 2,000 years ago, are still the things that we struggle with today. And those principles are just as important for us to apply in our circumstance, in our context today. So, so what does he say? What is, how does Peter respond to this um, and address this issue? Two things come out of this passage that I see, and actually I'm going to look at um, uh, verse 1 of chapter 3 all the way to verse 7 and include uh, the passage that talks about husbands as well. And you will notice that both of those sections, verse 1 and then again in verse 7, start with likewise or in the same way. And I think for us to understand this passage, we first have to understand what are we, what is the way that we are connecting to. And, and there's a number of different options. You know, this could be seen as, as how Peter is trying to tie it in to this whole section that is dealing with being in submission to authority, starting back in verse 13, where it says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, so on and so forth. And that's, uh, that's I think, a reasonable um, understanding. But as I was looking at this passage 
uh, in this last week and, and, and studying a little bit more, I've actually come to a, a different point of view in this. I, I think that, that the most reasonable connection, the things that, that, that Peter is likewising us back to, uh, comes in... Verse 21, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. So just as he was speaking to, uh, to slaves and saying that, that we are called to the way of Christ, which is the way of suffering, um, and, and that Christ gave us an, an example of how we must live. Christ also gave us an example of how we relate in family. So likewise, just as Christ, um, uh, just as Christ submitted himself to the Father, just as Christ, and, and, and we could look at verse 20, 23 where it says, where he continued to entrusting himself to him who judges justly. So just as Christ trusted himself into the hands of the Father, so should you wives. Trust yourself into the hands of him who judges justly and be subject to your own husbands. And you'll notice one of the reasons why I think it makes sense that that's what he's pointing back to is, again, he is pulling it back into how, how our reactions to other people, our interactions with other people, becomes a means of us being able to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ, of seeing them come to faith in Jesus and receive his salvation for himself, for themselves. So he ties that back in, says, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without, uh, without a word, but by the conduct of their wives. I think probably a, a, a better translation of that is not so that even if some who do not obey the word, uh, the, the, the Greek word that's being used there. Um, is probably more about being persuaded. Some of the, the possible definitions, to, not to allow oneself to be persuaded, refuse or withhold belief, refuse belief and obedience, to not comply with. I think what he's talking about is those who refuse to believe in Christ Jesus, that they will be reached, that they will be won because of your pure conduct. And so just as the example that Christ gave, how he suffered for doing good, wives, when you suffer for doing good, it's a means that God uses to draw your husbands into a relationship with Jesus. And it's not just... Um, Husbands who, who, uh, who are not followers of Christ. Uh, but then you'll see, you'll notice that he also talks about uh, in verse 5 how the holy women uh, of the past, the Old Testament saints, 
how they who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their husbands. As Sarah obeyed uh, uh, Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Wives' willingness to, uh, to submit to their husbands is also a means for your believing husbands to draw closer to God, to move them into a better understanding of who God is and to, uh, to love Him as well. It's, it's as much for those who are believers as those for those who are not believers. And then it goes on to talk about how uh, your, uh, your focus shouldn't be on the external beauty, but rather on the beauty of the inner person, of the heart that has an imperishable beauty of gentle, quiet spirit. I think, again, this, this reflects the example of Jesus. We're told in Isaiah that there wasn't anything in Jesus' external appearance that drew us to Him. Um, that, that, that He wasn't, uh, it wasn't because of His um, outward appearance that people were drawn to Him. And yet we see in His life, crowds flock to Him. Why? Because of that inner beauty, that divine perfection that he had, the, the love that he had for people, the, the truth that he spoke, that, that he had authority in the words that he said. Those were the things that people reported. Those were the reasons why people came from all over the countryside to be able to, to come and hear and listen to this Jesus, to hear what he was teaching, to hear what he was saying. I don't think Peter is trying to say here that, that, that women should not put on nice clothes, that they shouldn't wear jewelry or makeup and, and all those kinds of things. The, the contrast here is to say that that is not your priority, but rather the priority is on the inner beauty. There is plenty of other passages, well, plenty. If you look in, in Song of Solomon, there is no doubt that the lover or the beloved, is, is spending time and putting effort into her external beauty, that we as the people of God put in the effort to, uh, to, uh, to beautify ourselves, to make ourselves um, uh, attractive to the one who is our lover. Uh, um, I, I, I don't believe that, that God is saying here, and I think that, that some people might misconstrue this to think that that women shouldn't be worried about fashion, about any of those kinds of things. That's not the emphasis here. The emphasis is on that if that becomes your focus at the expense of your inner beauty, that's where the things get messed up. That's where problems come. And, and, and we've seen that, right? We know people who spend a tremendous amount of time on their external beauty but spend very little time on their inner beauty. And while they might put on a good picture, um, the heart is hard and, and they're difficult people to interact with. 
Christ is calling us, Peter is calling us here to focus on our, the inner person and to make sure that we are in, a, in that kind of a right relationship where God, where He transforms our, our hearts so that we reflect His example, we reflect His beauty, His purity. And it's that that becomes things that people talk about, that, that they are drawn to, that they want to know more about. And it's the same thing for husbands. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor. The Greek word there for honor is, is to treasure, uh, to, to prize something highly. Um, that we are to show honor to the woman as, as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. It's hard to understand how people could read this passage and come to the conclusion that women are somehow less than men, that they are less equal. Men are called to, to treasure, to honor their wives. They are to see them as co-heirs of the gift of grace, that they are created equal and, and just as much a part of uh, the body of Christ. I, I know that there will be those that will look at that and say, well, they, he talks about them as the weaker vessel and somehow see that as some kind of a disrespectful statement that, that Peter is making here towards women. And that's not the case at all. That's not what he is trying to say. We recognize that God has created men and women differently. And that men have been given a role of being the protector. That they have been given the role uh, of being the strength, of being the, 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 the authority, the head in the family. And it's their role to guard and protect. Just as our groom protects us as his bride, his church. That he sacrificed himself for us. And husbands are called to, to sacrifice. And it's, it's, it's one of those things, again, that in our culture, we, we see how, how, how our culture tries to tear away and, and undermine some of these pictures that God has given for us. And, and so we watch these movies where, where these extraordinary women become the, the heroines they, where they are able to, to overcome um, all of the, the bad guys that are out there and physically uh, subdue them. And, 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 and on one level in my heart, I kind of go, this picture is trying to undermine the way that God has established things. That's not to say that women aren't strong. That's not to say that women are unable to, to guard and protect themselves. Um, but physically we see that, that, that God has created women differently in order to, to make them 
the ability to be able to, to care for children, to nurture the family, to love and support and, and, and do all of those kinds of, of things. Uh, that there is great strength in that. I think some people also will take this and try and turn it into somehow that women don't understand things and, 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 and that their mind is somehow weaker and they're unable to, to grasp the spiritual things as, as effectively. Again, that, that doesn't match with what we see in Scripture. Jesus honored women in His ministry, that it was, it was the women that He first revealed Himself to after His, after his resurrection. That Jesus depended on, on women and, and the disciples depended on women to support them while they were in that time of ministry. Um, we see throughout the, uh, the epistles that there were women in significant roles in churches throughout uh, the, the history of the church. That they played a significant part in the, the growing and the developing and the expansion of of churches and congregations. Scripture doesn't say that. And, and that's not what Peter is trying to, to point out here. But he is calling men to, to that role that God has given us to, to guard and protect, to honor, to cherish. Those things that, that are important to us are those things that we, that we sacrifice ourselves for, to be able to to keep them from harm. Just as God sacrifices Himself to keep us from harm, that, that out of a, a, a God's righteous jealousy, that, he, that he, he battles against those that would try and, and draw His bride away from Him. And so it's right for us as, as husbands to cherish our wives. So what we are seeing here in, in what Peter is presenting is this marvelous picture. This picture of, of husbands who treasure, who honor, who cherish their wives, who, who love them in a self-sacrificing way, just as Christ sacrificed Himself for the church, that husbands would also sacrifice themselves out of love for their wives. And then wives, just as, as Christ submitted Himself to the will of the Father, wives also submit to the authority of the, of the husband in the home. That as, as we are in this, this relationship of mutual self-sacrifice, that husbands look to meet the needs and serve the needs of their wives, and wives put aside their own needs in order to be able to serve the needs of their husband. That they're in that mutual uh, relationship of self-sacrifice that, that love and gratitude flourish. That families grow strong. That children feel safe and secure. That they have a clear picture of the relationship that God wants to have with them. It becomes this, this uh, um, proving and training ground that, that allow children to grow and develop into healthy adults so that they too then can go out into the world to build their own family that loves, that cares, that supports. 
And that continues to grow and expand. It is a marvelous picture. What a great model of God's love for us, His church, and for all the world so that we can see what His love produces. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. May that be the reality in our congregation, in our church, and in the church around the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this picture that we have. The example that Christ has given to us of how families can function. of What it means to to sacrifice ourselves in order to serve the needs of another. And yet, Lord, I know it's hard that our our self-centered nature resists that idea. Instead, we, we seek after our own satisfaction, our own needs. And so often, God, it is at the expense of those that we love the most. Lord, I pray that You would be working in our hearts, that, that this picture that Peter has, has presented for us today would become that standard, that model that we would seek after. That we would, uh, that we would work towards more and more. Lord, I pray for the families here in our church, in our congregation. Pray that Your Spirit would be working in the hearts and, and minds of husbands and wives. Where there is division and tension and conflict, that You would be that you would be transforming that husband, that wife. Putting their passion towards serving the other rather than to serve themselves. Lord, sometimes uh, those, those conflicts seem so justified. Like I am right in, in taking that stand because I have been wronged in some way. We need You to come in and break our hearts. To soften us. So that we can live out that truth, that, that model that You have set before us. Lord, I also want to pray for those, those marriages, those relationships in, in, in our uh, in our congregation, those that we have had contact with that are broken, that are, 
are struggling right now or have fallen apart. Once again, we pray for your healing. What a magnificent testimony it would be to, to see those relationships made new again. To see those kids once again experience the warmth and love of mother and father that love each other deeply. we would make ourselves available to be used by you to, to be mediators, to be agents of that kind of love and, and self-sacrifice. We would be able to encourage and, and play a part in the healing in those relationships. Lord, it's so hard to know what to say, when to say it, when to be quiet know that your spirit knows exactly what is needed in those relationships. We pray that we would be able to hear clearly what it is that you are guiding and leading us to do. Father, we pray for our community. Lord, that we would be a light shining your truth into our community. That, that as people who are outside of the church see the relationships of husbands and wives here in our congregation, that they would, they would be struck with something intangible that they don't have in their marriage, and they would be prompted and, and, and set free to be able to ask the questions to seek out what is that difference and, and in that, Father, to discover You. Lord, that we would be able to have a, a, a redeeming influence in our community. We know that, that in these days of, of COVID with lockdowns and all of the... Th that, 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 that marriages have been under pressure. Families have been experiencing um, greater tensions and conflict. We know that the that ministry of children and families are, are more and more needing to find safe places for kids. Or that we as a church, as your children focused on following you, would be able to, to play some redeeming influence in our community that would bring healing and wholeness to marriages, not just those that are within the church, but those that are without the church. And that would be a means of us being able to introduce them to Jesus. Your plans are so much bigger, so much grander than ours. So we submit ourselves into your hands. We look to you to be that strength that we need. We look to you to plot out our steps of how we can interact with our friends and families and neighbors. And through it all, that your name would be glorified and your kingdom would increase. Thank you in Jesus' name.